0: Back in about uh, 2006 through about 2009, 2010, my friends, which consisted of Spencer England, um, Jeff Kleinman, Jeff and his wife Roz, Spencer and his wife Gina, Je- um, Bill Stokes and uh, his wife Pamela, and um, Kevin O'Reilly and his wife Becky and think I'm forgetting somebody those are the primaries on a regular basis they they would go camping and choose the weirdest time of year to go over at Lake Pleasant typically it was um... and I couldn't figure out why now for me and when I say the weirdest time of year, I'm talking about the July-August time frame. Now, if anybody doesn't know Phoenix, the Phoenix area and everything, and doesn't know how hot the temperatures get, you can consistently count on the temperatures being 100 degrees plus 24 hours a day out there in a the desert. Hands down, it's it's the worst time of year, and for me, it's the time that I use most of my air conditioning and everything. So why, why? And Pamela was the one that would actually always, you know, Bill would blame her for initiating it and everything, but I sensed something else was going on. You know, um, I had this feeling, you know, that uh, that there was more than meets the eye concerning this whole. You know, Basically, it was almost like a biannual type retreat where they were going and more or less taking off to Lake Pleasant or something like that. And it's almost like I knew deep down inside that there was a reason that they were choosing this, these, this particular time because they knew predictably that I would say no to going out outdoors. And camping overnight in what would surely be, um, for me, a miserable experience. I mean, I can I can predict. I mean, even you know, like some of the worst times of camping, while I was homeless and everything, was the nights that I'd had a hard time dipping below ninety five degrees. There was a couple nights that I had like that, and I was fucking miserable. I didn't sleep at all, um, and it's just like it's just not fun, you know. So. Why they they would choose this time of year? Sure, you can go out during the day and everything, and go, you know, see, you know, do the see do thing and all this other shit and everything. But <laughs> it's so fucking hot. Not only that, but you've got to stay covered just because of the sun is it'll scorch you and you know within an hour and a half two hours boom you know you're gonna get get sunburns you know sure you can abate some of that by putting on suntan lotion and everything but i knew there's some part of me that knew absolutely knew that there was something going on knew that there was you know I'm just like why what logical rational reason would cause a perfectly what I considered sane people to choose this time of year. And then all of a sudden it started hitting me. I was being singled out. They were intentionally planning this event because they knew I wouldn't go to it. Now, I learned, you know, over the course of the years and everything since then, that uh, there was an effort being made by quite a few of them, by Pamela, um, by Roz, and a little bit by Gina, to basically get me hooked up, to actually get me, you know, get me married. And they had tried hard, you know, between a couple people, but there was a couple, uh, there was something else that was going on too. Um, They were trying to shift me, into an alternate reality and it was a part of them that caught on to the collective nature of their mind and they realized that I was rebelling against their mind and I was I was kind of like um pushing myself away from the collective nature of this embracing my individuality and um... you know there was i I don't know if they consciously knew what they were doing or if it was a collective um... collective consciousness that they had formed and everything that more or less was saying hey this just isn't working anymore and they were trying to actually find me and my conscious mind and everything, a home in an alternate reality. And um, one of the, uh, they tried, and one of the things I learned was they had actually targeted um, the form, the form and function and, and personification of, um, what was his name, um, Iron Man. You know, they had, had actually leveraged that and actually had targeted me, and that's, that's actually where they wanted me to go. Well, I resisted this. And, uh, you know, the r- biggest reason for me, my resistance against this was, you know, it was just, that's, I, that for me is Robert Downey Jr. You know, that's n- number one. Number two, um, the idea of actually being trapped inside of a suit That shouldn't malfunction, lose its power, um, or need upgrades or anything like that. You know, Um, or even worse, it being hacked, and somebody while I'm actually inside of it, and I'm being forced to watch what it does while I'm somebody has overridden the commands, and I'm actually physically a a co-pilot, if you will, you know, not even that, a passenger in this thing, as I watch somebody that might go through and annihilate people, might kill people, and that kind of stuff, for me that just didn't seem like fun, you know, it just didn't seem, uh, the whole potential for shit that can happen, my mind just rebelled against that potential and everything, so you know, to some degree, the the collective um, collective nature of their mind had formed um, dynamically as a result of my kind of ostracizing myself from them. And one of the things that I was starting to catch on to at about this time was this whole concept of life and death. Now for me, I grew up in definitely a Western household, you know, where the concept of life and death and taxes are the only things that you can count on. But I was starting to actually really question things, you know, particularly when it came down to watching, you know, some of the characters die and uh, in, inside some of the video games. You know, here I would go, and I would go through, and all of a sudden, World of Warcraft, and I have to go back to my corpse, you know, um... I, at that point, started really questioning what happens at the end of my life. And, now what what makes it so where death is something that's assured? And why is it there's this Christian story of, you know, this character called Jesus, you know, that comes back to life? I mean, and why does this story so closely resemble a vampire? You know, I mean, vampires are what rise from the dead, and what's with this cherishing of something that, You know, through blood and through sacrament and everything, just all this stuff, it just seems like vampires to me. And all of a sudden I started thinking, it's just like, wait a second, you know, I've, I had lived, you know, with all this stuff going on around me. And as I started finding my own truths and started answering questions that were basically unanswerable in themselves, you know, questions such as, why would six or eight perfectly rational, logical people go camping in the middle of the fucking summer, you know, out in uh, Phoenix and everything? You know, sure, I mean, you go out and do a little drinking and everything, but my god, I mean, the temperatures are horrible. Well, um, why not? why not march april you know why not um... september october why july uh, why in god's name was it july that they would do this so, anyways over the last couple of years i've come to realize i myself i've come to come to understand that i'm an eternal and an immortal being for the most part we all are and at this point, I'm basically pay- playing catch-up, learning about reality, learning some new, you know, skills. I cooked dinner for my mom and dad this evening. Uh, it a big, huge recipe, probably one of the biggest recipes I've ever made. Um, it was okay. I mean, it's something my dad had gotten from the paper two and a half years ago. And, my mom didn't want to cook it and it was just it is a very laborious type thing and basically it was kind of like a um, dinner or breakfast for dinner type deal it involved um, ham and bacon and oh, butternut squash it's called a butternut squash uh lemon piquant um, and it's uh i mean it was okay i mean i it was very different you know, tasting. So, it had garlic in it, and thyme and rosemary, and all the stuff in it. And, uh, for me, I'm definitely getting more experimentive with the dishes and everything, and you know, here's the thing. My mom, she doesn't have any taste, or she doesn't, she doesn't have a sense of taste, or she doesn't have a sense of smell. You know, so having to deal with that, you know, when I cook and everything, it's just like, huh, you know, if i can actually make a dish i'm i'm more interested in actually making a dish that both my father enjoys that i enjoy you know me and my dad we have similar tastes you know but my mom she doesn't uh, she doesn't taste and she doesn't smell you know so she enjoys the texture of things, and this definitely had some interesting texture. It had uh, some croutons that I ended up blending together with uh, lemon rinds, along with um, some other things and everything within it. And it's really making me think about other perspectives. And you know, in particular, when I started on this dish, I'm just like, "Oh, she's gonna enjoy this because." I know that she that she enjoys things that have different textures. So I started, you know, just basically you know, taking the time to do this and you know, it took nearly an hour, hour and forty five minutes to put this thing together. So it turned out okay. I mean I'm not gonna rave about it. It was a paper recipe, and, you know, for all intents and purposes, it served its purpose. You know, but, um, it's just one of those things that just started making me think. You know, um, I had a dream last night... And it was about um, Jackie. Now, the night before, I had a dream that I was escaping the Matrix and everything. And last night, I had a dream. And the dream involved Jackie in it. And uh, me and Jackie, we were having this conversation and everything. We were naked in bed. And uh, I, at this point, uh, our relationship, for some reason, hadn't proceeded to the point of sex. And I ended up telling her to, you know, to go down on me and give me a blowjob. And uh, it's just one of those things that it was... You know, she looked at me. I remember, see, in the dream and everything, looked at me and she was surprised. And I said, what, you're surprised that I'm getting more balls, you know, about to talking to you? You know, and she's, she smiled, you know, and it's just like, okay, I was, you know, I could tell that she was pleased, and shortly after that, I ended up waking up. Well, you know, for me, it's just, um, it's, I guess the way I'm looking at things right now is, with everything I've been through, I'm I'm realizing that at this point I'm in the process of learning about reality and life and all these things from a different perspective and everything things I had never really considered possible and everything were now within the realms of not just possibility, but this is other people's lives. This is the shit that they go through on a daily basis. I watch DC's Legends of Tomorrow, and I watch people empowered by totems. You know, one has a fire totem, one has a death totem. All of them have these capabilities, and all of a sudden they realize they like their innate powers better than the things that these technological devices, you know, called totems, give to them, and they would rather work on their own skills and everything. I was pretty impressed with that, but here's the thing you know i i see you know whether or not it's my mom you know and her sense of taste and her sense of smell or lack thereof you know it's making me realize that my whole life i've i've had the stimulation of other people and feeling absolutely fucking overwhelmed by my interpretation of their thoughts that were hitting me and the disapproval with who I was. Now, I didn't know that I had psychic propensity, you know, around me. I had just made the assumption that I was picking this up based off of how other people looked at me and, you know, all this other stuff and everything, but no, you know, I was actually getting the physical impression. I mean, I remember having a hard time with public speaking, and I would literally feel hot you know, because of so many eyes that were staring at me and everything, you know, um, or, you know, when it, uh, when somebody, I knew, somebody knew the truth about something that was going on and everything, you know, it was weird, all the shit that was going on throughout my life, and I had never really considered, because, I had really paid attention to the media and, you know, this this whole concept of what's fact and what's fiction and, you know, psychic powers and ghosts and all this kind of stuff. It's not real, right? You know, I mean, you don't really want to believe, you know, too much is real and everything because it's kind of fucking overwhelming to consider. You know, sure, it's nice to look at books and, you know, kind of believe that ghosts exist and everything, but, hey, I've never seen one. Well, that's kind of bullshit because I've been seeing them my entire life. You know, I had been dismissing them actively, you know, or I shouldn't say actively, passively dismissing them as I had been passively dismissing so many things that defied normative behaviors. I was so stuck into this whole peer pressure mindset, this whole belief system that um, I'm like other people and everything, that I had literally programmed my own mind in a passive sense to subconsciously filter out those things that led me to believe that I was any different than anybody else that was around me. I, I, and that's the whole thing, as I went on and on throughout my life and everything, you know, more and more, I just, you know, isolated myself, you know, in a sense, you know, but uh, at the same time, I isolated myself, I also tried to lead myself to believe I was just like everybody else. Well, here I am, nearing level 50 and i've gotten to the point of just basically saying huh i was being singled out by pan was it nefarious or anything i don't think so i think they're just trying to get away from me i think that they blamed me actually i know this i know that they blamed me for some of the problems that were happening in their world and their reality <laughs> i think that um to some degree through that process of isolation and everything, um, part of the reason they were doing that is just because they were having problems with time. With time and also with space. And I think that they pinpointed me as being the problem with it. Well, I mean, they're partially accurate. You know, but uh, when it comes down to it, it's just because I had figured something out That's that I'm an immortal. I'm eternal. That, um, I I made the choice to basically create myself in an eternal loop. I mean, that's a paradox. You know, and this is a funny thing that I, I don't think a whole lot of people understand. The slippery slope of choice has no end literally no end when you start understanding what what freedom of choice means what free will actually means that means that it's not just a choice of chocolate versus vanilla it's not just a choice of living in Portland versus living in Phoenix and it's not just a choice of you know what car to drive and what uh, girl to date or what, um, what job to take I mean, these are the, the more terrestrially, you know, manufactured things. You know, these are kind of like the state-approved paths of least resistance, which make it easy for you to fit in, you know, to the one-size-fits-all equation that more or less been created for pretty much everybody else. It doesn't make it wrong or right. I enjoyed that path for a while. But eventually it does break down. And it will break down for you. Not necessarily in this lifetime, it could be another lifetime, you know, ten lifetimes in the future and everything. Part of the uh, benefit of dating a Hindu girl was well, starting to actually look at, um, from an outside perspective, Christianity, and also apply the concepts I had learned from video games. You know, such as watching death in World of Warcraft or EverQuest, and having to go pick up my corpse and everything, or walking as a ghost in order to go pick up the shit that I ended up uh, lost, or or just basically to go resume my life, or playing Watch Dogs right now and going through one mission 15, 20 times, and then spinning that around and imagining it from Aiden. he's the uh, primary protagonist in the uh, watchdogs, imagining it from his perspective and basically saying, okay. You now what if you're somebody like me that just doesn't, uh, doesn't want to see yourself die? You know what if um, what if Aiden's that kind of person? What if what if the experiences that he has are 100% consistent you know to him just basically making good moves? You know, so when I see the guy die 15, 20 times at my hand because of, you know, me making a left when I should have made a right or me not ducking when I should have ducked, you know, and then eventually in order to get through the mission, at that point I duck, I I cover, I run, I manage to take out the offensive guys, and boom, I get him through the mission and everything. I see the guy die 15, 20, 30 times. You know, meanwhile, this guy doesn't see himself dying not one single time. You know, he just get the gets the urge, you know, and the urge comes through the instincts. You know, the instincts to basically make that left, to duck, to cover, to look up, to see, you know, that this guy is aiming to basically know to duck. You now, this is actually the interesting thing that I consider is is what reality. You know, we we don't take into consideration the things that actually go into fabricating this life experience and everything and making it you know, that we managed to just ba- barely brush out of trouble so many times in so many different occasions. I had a time I was, uh, heading back with my ex-wife, Donna. We had gone, um, we had been working late over at Space Data down in Tempe, and, um, we ended up, um, it was raining one night, and I think we had gone to happy hour or something like that one night, and, um, as we're, as I'm driving down the road off to the right-hand side, I go through the intersection. It was a little bit faster than I should have and everything. And, um, I'm in the right lane. There's only two, uh, there's three lanes on both sides, so it's, no, there's only two lanes on both sides with one middle lane. And, uh, some dude pulls out of the Circle K, which is on the right-hand corner of... Um, just to ask after the intersection, and uh, pulls literally right in front of me. Well, I, I almost, I mean, I did an impossible An impossible turn. I literally changed direction 90 degrees to the left, and then changed it back again 90 degrees to the right to escape this guy. And it was, um, I remember it so vividly, just because it was such an impossible move. I mean, I couldn't believe that I had done what I had just done. How the hell? You no, know, I mean, I knew I reacted fast, and I felt the reactions, but it was like that. I mean, uh this ice cream, by the way. Um, it's like this, just, you ever get those impossible times, things that you manage to do things, where... Just like, holy shit! Did I just do that, or d- did I just see that? Well, that's what this moment was. It's like I couldn't believe what I what I just done. Well, I mean that's that's kind of what, you know. It's just Aiden, you know, the character that I'm playing, the Avatar. You know, I mean, I I do wonder if the guy, you know, a if the guy is real. I suspect he is, and B, if he knows, you know, um, that he's, he's got somebody like me that actually enjoys watching his life story and doesn't mind helping him, you know, through these tough circumstances and everything, these shootouts and that kind of stuff, you know, so, I don't know, it just really does have me thinking, you know, was there somebody that was playing me as a character? You know that uh, ended up um, helping me scoot that through that intersection. Well, heck, for that matter, was there somebody playing me um, when I got laid all the times that I did? So this this actually, you know, this whole concept has me thinking a little bit more and more, you know, about creating my own game. And uh, I I had started that game back when I was over at um, oh I was over at uh, Starbucks, you know, doing the Leisure Suit Larry thing and everything. And, uh, that's why I started on modifications of, uh, Grand Theft Auto. And, um, I'm just now starting to think, it's just like, okay, you know, what if, you know, what if somebody else is playing me as a game? You know, what if, what if, I mean, for me it's not that big a deal. It's just like it's, you know, let's, let's say I have, a, a part of my life that I'm interested in trying to get through, you know, and let's say... I can get fifty a hundred two hundred a thousand fifteen thousand you know different people, different intelligent minds that might be looking through me for different opportunities that I otherwise never would have seen, never would have never would have imagined, or from my particular perspective may not have actually caught on to, but boom, I got, let's say I've got 15,000 different people, entities, you know, maybe it's, um, one person that is blind and literally senses the environment, and he has a computer system that, you know, provides echolocation, and he's, he's seeing my world through echolocation, you know, or another one that's just basically a programmer that, you know, he's, you know, more or less, you know, showing me, demonstrating, you know, different ideas and concepts and everything on how to learn. You know, um, what if all these different things, these different stimulus and everything, are more or less people that care about me as a character. Care that I make it through to where I want to make it through. You know, what if all these interactions and everything, sure, there's going to be some people that don't care, you know, but And that's why I suspect that, uh, you know, and it comes down to maybe they feel that my progress, you know, might actually be hindering, um, might, you know, me progressing might actually stop them from progressing. I mean, that's one possibility. You know, so if they don't help me, well, at that point, that's actually, you know, causing the lack of progress for me, and as a result, boom. Boom. <laughs> I don't know. You know, for me, I've just realized that anything that's possible, you know, but going back to that whole Bill and, you know, Pam and all that stuff, it's just like, sometimes I think we gotta gotta got to really stop looking to the outside world for answers. You know, the whole collective, you know, for answers and advice you know, on how to do things. You know, I've, um... For, up until about 2011, 2012, I had relied, you know, on, well, I mean, I had actually gone to see movies just based on my own tastes and desires and everything, but up until about 2011, 2012, I had relied on my own, um, on Rotten Tomatoes, you know, and websites like that to increasingly provide me ideas and, you know, different things, you know, to basically guide me towards some of the, uh some of the movies that I might want to take, you know, go see. But increasingly, I just found that the movies that it was suggesting were shit. You know, and uh, I can go there now. I'm going to do it, as a matter of fact. And look at Rotten Tomatoes. And if you look at the, uh, the top 97, 97% uh, percent percentile, Thou shalt not grow old. I mean, yeah, it's a Peter Jackson fluff fest. Um, It has his name on it, and that's that's the only reason it's actually gotten the ratings it has never before footage scene of soldiers as they face fear and uncertainty in front line in belgium in world war in the first world war Well, look, i myself i'm really kind of sick of war i'm sick of combat you know um... combat's kind of like in reinforced in in uh... in watchdog so what i've gotten is i've gotten myself a silenced weapon And I just get in and take things out, take guys out as fast as possible. It's just like, I'm not interested in making it a big ordeal. You know, so, I mean, whether or not it's in the movies. So here's the thing. The bias of movies that are out there right now, you know, if you're not into combat, if you're not into war, if you're not into fighting and everything, you know, you recognize the bias real quickly, and you start seeing that, These movies that are top-ranked or everything are based on whether or not you fit to the collective mindset. You know, for me, I just, I have no desire to see a war movie. Zero, zilch, nada, nyan, nine. You know, so for me to basically, I can look at that rating, you know, it's gotten a 97% rating. You know, it's out of 100. You know, and uh, I can tell you right now that they didn't ask people like me. And they're not considering people like me. When it comes down to it, so about uh, 2011, 2012, I started seeing things that were on the opposite side. So I actually ended up. Um, Rotten Tomatoes and some of those sites have the ability to be able to sort by by worst, and uh, I ended up doing this with um, a gaming uh, website called Game. What was it Game Power? I think Game. GameSpot. And uh, GameSpot has rankings over the last t- uh, 20 years for games. So what I ended up doing was just basically ranking it by the worst games first. And uh, I ended up pulling down a whole bunch of those games because I saw some games on that list that were some of the more interesting ones that I've liked. And it's just like, you know, I'm just interested in trying things that are a little bit different than what I did before. You know, I mean, when it comes down to it, it's just... Um, you know, getting different ideas for different concepts, trying out different foods, uh, you know, getting in and <laughs> blowing things away as fast as possible, getting from point A to point B, and, you know, with Watch just basically getting 100% for, uh, completion on the damn thing. You know, it's something I've really never, never, I mean, I have done it with some games and everything, but with a game as epic and as big as, a. Uh, you know, as big as watchdogs and everything. I haven't taken anything that far yet. So, it's the first time for everything. You know, but when it comes down to it, it's just, like, collective mechanisms, you know, that um, govern and dictate, really, what's best. may not necessarily always have our best interest, have my best interest at heart. (laughs) Particularly when it comes down to, you know, my... can't say it's a belief, the fact that I'm immortal and eternal. You know, other people are going to call it a belief, you know, and that's okay. You know, the facts that govern other people are not the same as my own facts as a result. Speaking of which, I saw a fact a quote fact on the the other day, on a on a tabloid. I was walking through, and uh, I think it was Fred Meyer, one of the grocery stores. Now, I've been admiring the fuck out of Miley Cyrus, you know, just because the girl's she is a she's just kind of a hippie, cool chick, and everything that. She is probably more into women than she has been, and everything. And I've gotten a hint as to how far and how quickly some of the the media manipulation goes in order to basically right size somebody's image and everything in the media. Well, I have, um, because of my compulsion to basically go through and go through the porn sites and all this stuff lately, looking for material for the mods that I'm making in GTA. Um, I've come across quite a bit, you know, concerning Miley Cyrus. You know, I admire her girl. I mean, there's images of her going down on some girl, there's images, and they're, they they all seem perfectly real. Um, there's another couple that were taken with her camera phone, where or her friend's camera phone, where she's basically taking a, a leak, you know, and drinking a beer at the same time. Um, pissing you know and she's not covering anything there's another one where her girlfriend's fingering her and um... There's just all these different things and not one really involves a guy you know so i'm just like cracking up about this and then all of a sudden y'all you know, and this has been happening uh, oh, multiple times i mean over the last five years um... probably six years it's been countless times and everything So. I mean, I'm not kidding you when I say I've probably come across nearly 300 images, and probably on the order of, oh, maybe 50 different videos. (laughs) And um, none of them look fabricated. So, and I'm pretty good at detecting fakes and everything. Well, I got a kick out of it when I saw um, just this thing about, uh, you know, the whole wedding. And I've been thinking, how, how fake some of these things have been feeling in the media lately and then all of a sudden I saw this one on Miley Cyrus and I'm just like on Ah, that's what they're doing, you know, somebody's image goes too far astray from mainstream at that point, boom, they make, uh, you know, they'll they'll take them and, you know, they'll put them in the media and everything to right size their image, you know, claiming that she's been going out with this guy for 20 years and they, they use this to publicly massage, publicly reprogram the general population. You know, to, and that's actually what will, in some cases, literally override the timeline of her life and make it so where everything that she's been doing of her own free will, you know, going out and, you know, having, being finger banged by some girl or going out and partying and doing everything that she's doing and everything. Everything will be completely wiped from her mind if she accepts this new reprogram. And all of a sudden, boom. Her life and every life of the per- people that, that touched her are going to be changed. Well, me, I don't accept it anymore. I just basically look at that and I say, "Uh, eh, that's wonderful programmed bullshit. You know, it's just like the whole weird baby bumps thing. You know, how many times they put this same shit in media, you know, on Us Magazine, things that you see on the checkout stands. It's always the same. You know, the same imagery. It's like a flash. If, you, uh, if you're familiar with the whole concept of, um, oh, what is it, subliminal messaging and that kind of stuff, this isn't subliminal. It's literally hitting you whenever you go to buy your groceries or anything like that. You know, and i'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist and say this is this is evil because i'm not trying to say any of this is evil this is actually what maintains our society you know it's it's what maintains the whole concept of you know one man one woman marriages um, in a general sense it's what 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 it's what maintains the integrity of the legal system for the po- for the most part, um, so don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this is all evil. Um, this is just how the system works and the people that support it, whether or not they're working for the NSA or the CIA or other related agencies and everything. You know, particularly in Hollywood and that kind of stuff. This is a part of what they do. Well. I, I can't, you know, I believed in this for a long time and everything, and, and I enjoyed trying to pursue it. I really did. You know, so, but I am at this point pointing it out, basically saying, look, you know, there's, there's serious manipulation of your mind that goes on, just like it did for mine. And with this serious manipulation, you got somebody like Miley Cyrus who, she's a party animal, you know, I would, I would love, love to go out with that chick, you know, and go have some fun with her and everything. (laughs) Maybe do a line of coke or ten and just, you know, go, I don't know, whatever, get lost it for a couple months and everything with her, you know, she loves being naked and she doesn't really seem to give a shit and everything, you know, so for me... To see the loss of somebody that enjoys embracing that wild side of her personality and everything, and to see that being trumped by these puritanical views and the puritanical interests that are interested in trying to take that away from her, I don't like that. That's what I don't like, so, from a, uh, and I'm just saying, from a conspiracy perspective, I'm not pointing fingers, I'm not saying you're bad, I'm saying to Miley, if you're listening, fucking you go, girl, seriously, you know, um, I, I say stick to what you're doing, ignore, ignore the publications and everything, and what they say, You know, just literally, put or not ignore. Let them say what they want to about you. Let it serve as your cover. You go do whatever it is that you want to do, and let them cover your ass and everything when it comes down to manipulation and massaging of your image in the public. Seriously. You know, don't look at this as a bad thing. Look at this as a good thing. They're there to protect your image publicly. You know, for when people like me see what you enjoy doing. Because I'm going to fucking support you, girl. Seriously. People like that, you know. I I personally, it's just like, uh, you know, look, I don't enjoy alcohol as much as I used to. Um, cocaine, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be there with you. You know, I um, don't know if you do it. Um, anything harder, no, not so much. You know, and I probably would have a drink or ten and everything, you know, with a Coke. But the simple fact, and the exhibitionism, I'd be taking pictures for you. You know, hell, I'd be basically saying, <laughs> we won't go there. In any case, what I'm saying is, you know, don't look at the massaging of public images, you know, no matter who you are, as being bad. Because I don't. You know, I think that's done just for your best interest, and the whole thing is, do you really want puritanical America seeing the things that I do? I mean, do you really want to reshape this world and everything? You know, that really, where it is fun to be kind of, like, naughty? Where it does give you that sense of Feeling like a little kid inside? For me, I enjoy it. Right now, I'm, uh, I went through Clark County's, uh, website, and, um, for the community college, I'm just looking for different, um, potential jobs and everything, or sources of income, and I came across one that was for a nude model for art. You know, I look at my body and I just go, you know, I'm just not happy with my body. And I don't feel like being seen. But there's kind of like the, you know, in public and everything with it. But there's also the other part of me that says, just go have fun doing it. You know, and it's a split decision because I just don't want, you know, I want to lose weight before I go do something like that. I want to be proud of what I got before I go do something like that. But for me it's just really hard I mean I'm self-conscious about my body I'm not at the weight that I want to be or I'm not looking I shouldn't say the weight thing I'm not physically looking how I want to look you know I want to be slimmed down I want to have the six-pack abs I um want to um just look like I've I'm not uh, I'm not obese you know, or not wearing, you know, the donuts and everything, but that's simply not who I am right now, I've tried for years and years and years to to get rid of it, you know, God knows how many workouts I've gone through and, you know, how much dieting and exercise and, you know, not eating I've done, you know, but it doesn't seem to make a difference, so, for me, it's just this type of thing, I was just like, well, I would love to do something like that. You know, the whole go pose naked for half an hour or something like that, but, I don't know. Also feels like work, too. So, until I actually had a body, I would overrule that one, mentally. But in any case, It just comes down to the stories, right? We all need better stories to tell. And for me, I quit paying attention to the media, you know, and really the stories that have been fed to me. And started looking at other stories. started saying, rather than how impossible that is, or, you know, how that's just simply not possible with today's technology, I just started saying, and also, the other thing is, the answers for questions that that just kept arising, I started realizing I have to start answering these questions. I kept looking to the outside world for answers to the questions, and the questions were just piling up. Why is it I can feel people? You know, Why is it I sense people when they creep up behind me? You know, Why is it I know when somebody knows something about me, and I never told them? It's just because people have senses and capabilities, including ourselves, that sometimes we just have to learn some lessons in order to embrace them, and then at that point refine them. So, anyhow, as for that dream about Jackie last night, it was kind of cool. I actually I woke up. I felt the closeness of her. And at that point, it was kind of weird just because I realized my friends, they aren't lost. Bill and Jeff and all them. It's not that they're not talking to me. It's just that they're learning about the world that I had discovered well before then. They're learning about my world and who I am, and who I chose to be a long, long, long time ago, and why I was saying no to everything they presented. And I know, subconsciously, deep down, that every single one of my friends is going to come back. The ones that I, you know, that I I spent a lifetime Or what feels like a lifetime. Getting to know, getting to be and getting to be close to. The Rons and... The rest of them. There's some things I have to discover about the world first. And Jackie... And I feel them coming back lately. Jackie more so. I felt the closeness of her when I woke up. I'm just realizing we're not lost, living an eternally immortal life. I've just parted ways for a little bit until they come to understand. Well, they chose to be many. I chose to be one. Anyways, thank you for listening, and have a good night.